What up, nerds? Welcome back to another episode of Storytime. As promised, I'll be randomly flipping to a random story in my super huge Han Christian Andersen fairy tale book. So the story for today is The Daisy. Now listen to this. Out in the country, close by the side of the road, there stood a country house. You yourself have certainly seen many just like it. In front of it was a little flower garden with a painted fence around it. Close by the fence, in the midst of the most beautiful green grass beside a ditch, there grew a little daisy. The sun shone just as warmly and brightly on her as on the beautiful flowers inside the garden, and so she grew every hour. Until at last, one morning, she was in full bloom, with shining white petals spreading like rays around the little yellow sun in the center. The daisy didn't think that she was a little despised flower that nobody would notice down in their grass. No, indeed. She was a merry little daisy as she looked up at the warm sun and listened to the lark singing high in the sky. Yes, the little daisy was as happy as if this was a grand holiday. Yet, it was only a Monday, and all the children were in school. While they sat on their benches learning things, the daisy sat on her little green stalk and learned from the warm sun and everything about her just how good God is. The daisy couldn't talk, but high above her, the lark sang loudly and beautifully all the things that the little flower felt, and that made the daisy very glad. The daisy looked up at the happy bird who could sing and fly, but she wasn't envious because she couldn't do those fine things too. I can see and hear, the daisy thought, and the sun shines on me, and the forest kisses me. How gifted I am! Inside the fence stood all of the stiff, proud flowers, and the less scent they had, the more they seemed to strut. The peonies blew themselves out and tried to make themselves bigger than the roses, but size alone isn't enough. The tulips knew that they had the brightest colors and held themselves very straight so that they could be seen more plainly. None of them noticed the little daisy outside, but the daisies could see them and thought, how rich and beautiful they are. I'm pretty sure the pretty lark flies across to them and visits them. Thank God that I stand close enough so that I can see them. But just as she thought that, down came the lark. But he didn't come to the peonies or the tulips. No, indeed. He flew right down into the grass to the poor daisy who was so overjoyed that she didn't know what to think. The little bird danced around the daisy and sang, how soft, the, how soft the grass is here, and what a lovely little flower, with a gold in her art and silver on her dress. You see, the yellow heart of the daisy looked like gold, and the petals around it were silvery white. How happy the little daisy was, no one can conceive. The bird kisses her with his beak, sang to her, and then flew up again into the bright blue air. It was at least a quarter of an hour before the daisy could recover from her joy. Then, almost ashamed, yet sincerely happy, she peeped over at the flowers in the garden, for they had seen the honor and happiness that had come to her, and would understand her joy. But the tulips stood up twice as stiff as before, and looked very haughty and very red in the face because they were very annoyed. 
The fat-headed peonies were jealous, and it was lucky they couldn't speak, or the daisy would have received a good scolding. The poor little flower could see they were not in good humor, and that made her very sad. Just then, a girl with a great sharp shining knife came into the garden, went straight up to the tulips, and cut them off, one after another. Oh my, sighed the little daisy, that's dreadful, it's all over for them now. Then the little girl took the tulips away, and the daisy was glad that she was only a poor little flower that nobody would notice out in the grass. Yes, she felt very grateful indeed. The sun went down and the little daisy folded her leaves and went to sleep, and dreamed all night around the sun and the pretty bird. The next morning, when the flower again happily stretched out her white petals like little arms towards the early sun, she recognized the voice of the lark, but this time the song was mournful and sad. Yes, the poor lad had good reason to be sad. You see, he had been caught and now sat in a cage close by an open window of the house. He sadly sang of the free and happy roaming he used to do, of the young green corn in the fields, of the jealous journeys he used to make on his wings high up through the air. The poor bird was very unhappy, for there he was, a prisoner in a cage. How the little daisy wished she could help him, but what could she do? Yes, that was difficult to figure out. She quite forgot how beautiful the world was, how warm the sun shone, and how wonderfully white were her own petals. She could only try to think of the poor little bird and how powerless she was to help him. Suddenly, two little boys came out of the garden, and one of them was carrying a big sharp knife like that, like that which the girl had used to cut the tulips. They went straight up to the daisy, who could not understand what was going on. Here we can cut a fine piece of turf for the lark, said one of the boys. Then he began to cut out a square patch of the grass around the daisy, so that the little flower remained standing in the middle of it. Tear off that flower, said the boy. And the daisy trembled with fear. To be torn off would mean losing her life, and she wanted so much to live now and go with the turf to the captive lark. No, leave it here, the other boy said. It looks pretty. And then... The daisy and a little patch of sod was put into the lark cage. The poor bird was complaining about his lost liberty and beating his wings against the wires of his prison, and the little daisy could not speak, couldn't console him however much she wanted, and thus the morning passed. There, there's no water here, cried the captive lark. They've all gone away and have forgotten to give me anything to drink. My throat's dry and burning. I felt as if I had fire and ice within me, and the air is so close. Oh, I must die. I must leave the warm sunshine, the fresh green, and all the splendor that God has created. But when he thrust his beak into the cold turf to refresh himself a little, his eye fell upon the daisy, who was trying so hard to speak to him. He kissed her with his beak and said, You must also wither in here, poor little flower. They've given me you and your little patch of grass inside of the whole world that was mine out there. Every little blade of your grass shall be a green tree for me, and every one of your white leaves a fragrant flower. Ah, seeing you only tells me again how much I have lost. Oh, if I could only help him and comfort him thought the daisy. She couldn't move a leaf, 
but the scent that streamed forth from her delicate leaves was far stronger than a daisy ever gave forth before. The lark noticed it, and though in his thirst and pain he plucked at the blades of grass, he did not touch the flower. The evening came, and still nobody appeared to bring the bird a single drop of water. At last, the lark stretched out his pretty wings and beat the air desperately. His song changed to a mournful peeping. His little head sank down towards the flower, and his little bird's heart broke with want and yearning. And the flower couldn't fold its leaves and sleep, as she had done the night before. She too dropped sorrowly and sick toward the earth. It wasn't until the next morning that the boys came, and when they found the bird dead, they wept many tears and dug him a neat grave, adorned with leaves and flowers. They put him into a pretty red box, for the poor bird was to have a royal funeral. While he was alive and singing, they forgot him and let him sit in a cage and suffer. But now that he was dead, he was to have many tears and a royal funeral. But the patch of turf with the little daisy on it was thrown out into the dusty road, and no one thought any more of the flower that had felt the deepest for the little bird, and had tried so hard to console him and help him. Since this quarantine started, I heard a lot of people talking about not appreciating what they had. For example, uh, they didn't really keep in mind or like really appreciated how much they hung out with friends or being able to go to school or even just being able to go outside in general. For me, one of the things that I never appreciated before was driving. For anyone who knows me, I absolutely hate driving. I get so dizzy in the car, especially in the backseat, and it's pretty boring. But with this whole, like, being stuck inside, you know, it, it sounds very corny, but I miss it a lot. You know, I, I miss sitting in the front seat, or like maybe in the back seat, and just playing incredibly cringy music while sticking my head out the window, which is exactly what you think it would look like in a movie. It's just, except like the pretty part. Like, you know how when somebody usually sticks their head out the window, like in a movie, they look all pretty and whatnot? No, I just look like a baboon. That's, that's basically how it looks like. But while, you know, my mindset, while our, while our mindsets are focused on that, like what we're missing, what we wish we were doing right now, we might be like the roses and the other flowers in this story. You know, they, they compare stuff that they didn't have to what's... And it's what's causing them to be unwelcome to anything new or exciting. Like, the little Daisy, like, she didn't really want... She really appreciated what she was doing. And, you know, she may not have been, like, as well taken care of as the other flowers. Or she might not have the most like prettiest anything or whatnot she still appreciated what she had and she appreciated everything that the other flowers had too and she was always caring for others and whatnot and it's it's basically like should we be like the example of the daisy yes but we also have to be our definition of ourselves so basically what i'm trying to say here is it's incredibly simple to go down a path of i can't do this and i miss this but You know, it's not entirely unhealthy to have those moments, but when it starts being your 24-7, it really goes to what is happening, what do you need to change in what you're doing? Like, I I don't have the authority to command this of you guys, but 
please remind yourself of what is good. For me, I hated going to school. Like, I hated waking up early. I hated going to class and everything. Like, it was really nice being able to see my friends in it and having those time with them. But I really hate the whole... I don't know. I just really didn't like going to school. And so for me, one of the things of not being able to go to school anymore is I get to sleep in more. And I have more of an opportunity to learn at my own pace rather than at a set pace for everyone else. And... I think, I think another thing is I used to tell myself a lot that I had never had the time to focus on me. Like all this time I had to focus on like homework or everybody else or any extracurricular activity that I have. And so with all this time in the world, I have more time for my writing and exercising because, you know, that's important. I also hate exercising. I hate moving, which is not typical, but not a typical thing that you, not a typical thing that you could hear from a dancer, but sh- we don't talk about it. Um, but you know, this is a crazy time for all of us. But one of the most important things that you need to remember is making sure that you don't lose yourself in it. You don't want to, like, come back from this. And, like, all this, all these things that you're regretting right now, make it, make it your goals for when this is over. Or whatever you feel like you don't have enough time to do, use it to improve yourself. It this period has given us a lot of time for self-reflection and we can finally do something about it we actually have the time to do something about it whether it's internal because if it's external then there's probably not much you can do like if it's like i want to go out more there's not much that you can do right now but still if, if if it's internal then you have that you have this time this opportunity to do something about it So that is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in tomorrow for Shakespeare's Code with Denwan. I'll see you guys next week. Bye!